And then 2020 was like, eh, we're just going to have a coin shortage. Just the beginning of a cashless society. No big deal. Right? Well, because the Bible predicts it. Wait, it doesn't. Next up on this episode of the Kingdom Project Podcast. That's right. You're listening to the Kingdom Project Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Hall. This is a new episode, and we're going to get eschatological uh, again for like the 50th millionth time here. Two years rolling almost, uh, or more. I don't know. So much eschatology. And here's the thing. I've been waiting, okay? I I've was shut in. I was locked down. I was an essential worker, I know, but I've been waiting. Where are the end time posts? Nobody's talking about it. You know, I'm just talking about regular people in my feed and social media. Nothing. Nothing's there. And then, like that 2020 graced us with a coin shortage. Oh, cashless society is upon us, everybody. So now I'm like, finally, it only took four months. It only took four months for people to start talking about the end times. And then, of course, all the the, the theories and conspiracy theories and all that starts to come into play. And, you know, uh, I'm all for good conspiracy theory. I really am. And uh, but some some of these are outlandish. Um, so I'm not even going to get into those. So I, I'm going to talk about uh, a cashless society and the lack of it being in the Bible. It's not there, okay? So, uh, man, people flip out on this, okay? So it, it's the number, okay? The number and the mark of the beast, okay? So uh, Revelation 13, okay? So the mark of the beast, I have to buy and sell, obviously means uh, cashless society, even though it doesn't ha it doesn't mention that it's identification that that's what it is it's literally i i keep saying it's like sam's club in order to to shop at sam's club you have to pay a fee and get uh you know i don't know what they do now but back in the day it was a sam's card you show your sam's card at the door to get in, it's like a club, okay? It's like the Eagles. It's like the Elks. It's like American Legion. It's like all of that stuff. That's what it is. In order to go and partake in whatever that they are offering, you have to have identification that shows that you are a part of that, okay? You're pledging allegiance almost, okay? So, um, the number then and the mark, it's been misidentified. So, like over and over, okay. Uh, bishops or ordination of, of bishops, labels uh, of, on products, uh, unions, um, the red star of communist nations, even okay. Social security numbers, uh, barcodes, um, all of that stuff. Uh, even the internet, the world wide web, okay. And then, of course, it always has to be some sort of chip. Some sort of microchip that's going to be implanted. Okay. Um, so I, I'm just going to borrow some stuff from Gary DeMar. Uh, Gary DeMar uh, is from American Vision. You know, he, um, he he's made a career out of writing and uh, blogging and um, politics. Um, as far, not in politics, but the, the, the history of this nation and um, 
the history of politics and history, American history and things like that. But his name is really known because of his eschatology and um, uh, all the stuff he has to say. And he does debates and he's very I've learned a lot from Gary and all that. So, you know, I'll be pulling some stuff from him just so people know. All right. So, you know, uh, computer chips is what I was talking about, you know, and that's there's sophisticated tracking devices and GPS and all that type of stuff. OK, but uh, why, why? Why is it that that has to happen in order for Revelation 13, the mark of the beast, to be fulfilled, okay? Because um, <laughs> the technology existed, okay? So uh, Gary says technology existed in the in the first century to accomplish uh, what 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 maintains to be required or to fulfill the prophetic uh, particulars of Revelation 13, 16, and 18. A simple mark, a uh, a visible tattoo, or a brand could easily have been made on the forehead and hand if that is what the text is calling for. Okay? So, um, there's all these people like Timothy. Uh, uh, is it Timothy? Is that his name? Uh, but it's LaHaye. Yeah, Timothy. Uh, uh, Thomas A. Ice, Timothy Demi, and LaHaye, and all these people with the Left Behind series and all that. They also have a prophetic study Bible. And it... it it says, you know, it, it's just, <laughs> it's not, it's not that great. Okay. All right. But let's just get back to the point. The Bible has numerous examples of marking people on the right hand and the forehead, uh, forehead. Okay. Uh, Ezekiel, uh, nine, two, there's a certain man clothed in linen with a riding case. He goes through the city of Jerusalem to put a mark on the foreheads of the men who, who sigh and groan over all the abominations which are being committed in its midst. Uh, Isaiah described any person who identified himself as the Lord's as one who wrote on his hand, belonging to the Lord. So why don't those marks demand a high-tech uh, application, like of a, of a chip and all that, right? Well, because marks ha are symbolic as well. I've gone over this. I've gone over the number, uh, but there's some symbology uh, here, okay? Uh, so we have to ask whether the seal on the forehead of, of, of God's bondservants are, are visible marks as well. Because that happens, in it's in Revelation 7, Revelation 9, uh, I believe in 14 as well, but God's people have a mark, mark of the Holy Spirit. Are these external? Are these visible? Are they on the right the right hand or forehead? Are they tattoos? Or will the Holy Spirit give us a microchip? Right? Um, and the other thing is, when you have people like LaHaye and, and, and Left Behind series type of stuff, although they pick a microchip to be the mark, they still continue to, stay, to be literalist uh, to... To what happens to those who refuse the mark, which is beheading, so they say it'll be by guillotine. <sighs> okay, so the the I think it should be obvious then that if beheading is the method of execution that takes place, uh, Revelation twenty, and it's not uh, some some other form of modern punishment, then it's a good indication that the persecution takes place during a pre 
technological time, okay, we should know that beheading was a common form of execution in the first century, and it was often done by a sword, okay? So, in that futurist, all right, futurist perspective, they like to say that this the mark of the beast is one of the clearest and most dram dramatic prophecies in the Bible. It states simply that in the last days that no man will be able to buy or sell unless he has the mark in his right hand or forehead. Well, now they change the text. They say in, in refers to an embodied, uh, embedded microchip or something that's similar placed under the skin. And I was just listening to, uh, I've been listening to some futurist uh, podcasts. So I was listening to End of the Age the other day. And the guy kept insisting that the word was, was in. When he read the text from Revelation 13, he said in. In the, his right hand or forehead. But it's not. The, the Greek word is, is uh, upon. It's epi. E-P-I. Upon. It's not in. Okay. Epi is best translated on or upon. That's it. This is why that passage states that the mark was to be given on, on their right hand or on their forehead. It's not in, inside. It's not implanted. Okay. So you, you, people who do this have to, they force them then to believe that the message behind the mark of the beast has, has been, been wrong for 2000 years. Okay. It's been wrong. Until computer chips and scanning and technologies and, and all that stuff, uh, innovations came about. Okay, but yet we have to maintain that low-tech methods of screening a population have been effective throughout history. All right. Um, look, Rome was able to identify and tax the entire empire without microchips or GPS. This is in Luke chapter 2. All right. There was nothing, nothing high-tech either. There was tattoos used. Uh, during the Holocaust, uh, Hitler used tattoos to identify and catalog the Jewish people. Okay, so is it visible? All right. Is this mark visible? Okay. Like, n n none, nobody compares the mark of the beast with, with the mark that's given to the 144,000 by the Lamb in Revelation 14. Okay, nobody compares those two. The application of the marks has to be the same. Will Jesus, like I said, or or uh, uh, the Holy Spirit implant chips in us on the 144,000? Okay, or or what? What's going on? Right. Well, Jesus doesn't need a visible mark, nor does he need GPS or anything like that. Right. Of course. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't need that. He doesn't need an invisible mark either. Okay. It's. It's found in a book filled with symbols. It should not surprise us that in a whole chapter that's filled with symbols that we're going to actually encounter a symbolic mark, okay? You're not actually going to be looking for a real creature beast that comes from up out of the sea, right? Like, like it, it cannot be a literal interpretation, all right? So, um, there's that. There is that. So let, let me just get actually to the point because I have several 
series or episodes on eschatology, okay? This all has to mark the beginning of a cashless society is what people think. Now, just think logically. There's there's millions of people who are unbanked, okay? They do not use banks. Uh, They use cash, all right? So, yeah, I know the government may want to take control, okay? Uh, They do. But but, um, in order to track us and all that type of stuff and transactions and everything, like, like millions of people who don't use banks, all the undocumented people that are here illegally that work for cash, pay for everything in cash, um, then there's tips, there's, uh, you know, birthday presents and cars and Christmas and all that type of stuff. We use cash. I mean, cash you know, cash is king is what they say. So could, could you then even think logically about this country going cashless in order for a one world government to emerge that all has a one world currency when in fact currencies have different values throughout the world? Who's going to do the the conversion rates on that right well uh, obviously i'm not thinking like a futurist because they're just going to take over and make the currency one currency is going to have one value like you're not going to go and disrupt all these different currencies in these different countries and all these things that happen i mean for a one world government to 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 take place i mean think about this i mean china like you have to all these all these places have to be overtaken right uh, not just that, think about all the tribes in different places of the world that don't even use money. Like, they don't even know what technology is. We are still coming across tribes that nobody ever even knew existed. All right. I remember, you know, it's probably been 15 years or so ago when this tribe was discovered. And there's a helicopter, right, that discovers them. They're flying over and taking pictures. Well, the people, like the men from the tribe are like, they got their, like, their, their, uh, like, staffs or whatever, you know, with uh, daggers and stuff on it. And they're, like, looking at the helicopter, like, freaking out. They've never seen one before. This is, like, 15 years ago. We've got a long way to go, people, if futurism is, is true. Okay, so... The control then, <laughs> the control of economic trans- transactions drives the modern claims of a one-world government that's dominated by a single person, the Antichrist. Right? That, that happens during the Great Tribulation, which supposedly then makes a visible mark of the forehead and hand necessary. Okay, this is sensationism. This is imposing stuff onto the text. This is not exegeting. This is eisegeting, okay? It's a popular view, though, and it, obviously if you were uh, uh, a futurist or still are, then you'll, you'll say, yes, this is the way it is, okay? So um, he, here's a quote from a coming cashless society. Uh it says using every means at his disposal, including the technology of a cashless society, the Antichrist and his demands will bring the world into its greatest ever moral and economic turmoil. 
Such chaos will make the stock market crash of 1929 look like a minor economic adjustment. adjustment. Revelation 13 verses 16 and 17 is the biblical point of entry for discussion of the cashless society, a one world government, global economics, and biblical prophecy. Yet, those texts say nothing about a cashless society. Okay? They're going out, they're way, it's way out on a limb here. All right? Now, way out on a limb. Okay, so what's these verses about? Okay, Revelation 13, okay, 16 and 17 specifically, is not is describing not the control, okay? It's not the control of financial transactions, but access to the temple that's overseen by the Jewish anti-Christian religious establishment, all right? The key here is that prohibition to buy or to sell if a person living in Israel did not profess allegiance to Caesar and to the temple. Now, Jesus told the church earlier in Revelation chapter 3, the church of Laodicea, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may become rich. Okay, this shows you then that buying gold refined by fire is symbolic. It is related to worship. Okay, so it's reasonable to assume that the reference to buying and selling in chapter 13 is also symbolic. Okay, when in doubt, go to the Old Testament, the book of Revelation, over 400 verses, half of them come from the Old Testament, buying and selling when related to worship are symbolic, okay? So like, ho, uh, everyone who thirsts come to the waters uh, and you ha who have no money, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not uh, bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance, okay? I Isaiah 55. All right, temple leaders controlled buying and selling to regulate access to the temple. You can see this in Matthew 21. Okay, so this is this is established then in Revelation 13, 18, and then 21 uh, as well. So when those who refuse the mark of the beast are not allowed to buy and sell, it means that then they are expelled from the synagogue and the temple. So the merchants of the land in Revelation, later in Revelation chapter 18, are those who worshipped at the temple and synagogue. And Jesus foretold that this would happen. In John 16, 2, he says, They will make you outcasts from the synagogue, but an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering service to God. Right? So, while all this is going on, the beast is coming up from the earth, okay, and the land beast, and all this, and 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 so we have Israel, first century Israel, we have Nero, that's going on, and all this, and all at the same time, okay, it's all in in, in that chapter, and then in in the 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 beginning of church history, then, um, okay, re referring to uh, Acts. All right, the disciples went to the temple to preach the gospel. All right, first they were welcome. Peter and John was there uh, during an hour of prayer. Jewish Christians continued to use the temple. 
even participating in some of its rit- rituals in Acts 21. And, and then after the temple officials, officials learned that those Jews were preaching that Jesus was the Messiah who takes away the sin of the world, Paul was dragged out of the temple and the doors were shut. All right. During Jesus's ministry, the temple officials were selling, right? They were selling uh, and worshipers were buying access to the temple. Again, Matthew 21, turning God's house into a what? A den of robbers, a robber's den. Okay. So only the Jews who aligned themselves with the priest, which would be Mark of the Beast, the sacrificial system, and the temple buildings were allowed to enter the temple for worship. So to make the Mark of the Beast, or or to take the Mark of the Beast, meant a person denied that Jesus was the Messiah, the true temple of God, and the only sufficient sacrifice. Okay? So, obviously, first century Christians they were Jew, most majority were Jews. They avoided the mark of the beast and showed their true allegiance to Christ, having his name and the name of his father written on their foreheads in Revelation 14. Again, now, so is that symbolic or literal, right? It's symbolic. With, with these names on their foreheads, they would demonstrate public professions of faith and allegiance to Christ. Those who carried the mark of the beast professed that they had chosen Caesar over Jesus, John nineteen fifteen. So, w- when, when commanded not to speak to any man in, in this name, Peter and John responded, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard in Acts 4. All right, it was the proclamation that Jesus is Lord and that, hey, there's another king. His name is Jesus. That was the religious and political affront to those in power throughout the Roman Empire. And all of those were were contrary to Caesar and against this holy place, the temple and the law. Okay, so all of these you can find. uh, It was Acts 4, 17 through 20. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 3, Acts 17, 7, uh, Acts uh, 6, 13, and all that. So all of these passages, they fit together uh, uh, nicely, right? Because true redemption comes not from Rome, not from a temple, not from earthly Jerusalem, but from where the Lamb was standing, Mount Zion, right? The, the writer of Hebrews describes Mount Zion's location, in twelve twenty two, it says, You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to a mirage, uh, to mirage of angels. Okay, so Revelation 13 and 14, they contrast two ways of salvation. There's access to the temple through the mark of the beast and allegiance to Caesar or through Jesus and the mark of the lamb. So those who were circumcised in only their flesh were the ones who that followed the beast while those circumcised in the heart followed the lamb all right so while while those opposed to Christ governed access to that earthly temple over the where where the two beasts conspired to resist the things of Christ and the gospel along with the church John pointed believers to the heavenly Jerusalem 
And in order to have access to that, the Jerusalem above, a person must have the mark of the Lamb, which can be read uh, only by God, who sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge, 2 Corinthians 1.22. So contrast this with earthly Jerusalem in the first century, which Paul called, described as present Jerusalem, which was in slavery with her children in Galatians 4. You contrast that, okay? Those who continued to look to present Jerusalem for salvation, they were given the mark of a slave, which is the mark of the beast. So there's nothing in there uh, about a cashless society. There's nothing about a mark that we're all going to have to have. It's already happened. Um, and of course, you know I'm a preterist, but like... It, it, it's just forget about that point for a moment. Even if I just look at this as histor like historical and saying that was to the seven churches. Okay. There's still great symbolic imagery and contrast to be had that the old covenant age was coming to an end uh, because Jesus had ushered in a new covenant that could, could cleanse the conscience of those who had sinned, right? You're not only forgiven, you're being, uh, your conscience becomes clean because you become a new creation. Like all, all of that has to do like with everything that fits with the rest of the new Testament. It just aligns so perfectly once you start to see it. Okay. So I don't believe that a cashless society is actually about to happen. As a matter of fact, the mint just sent out billions and billions of coins last week um everything was disrupted circulation was disrupted businesses were closed and all that the mint was closed as well even though they had stuff uh made already and and, and boxed up um so anyway i you know i don't i don't think that's going to happen but even if it it did happen there's going to be a lot of issues a lot of problems a lot of confusion a lot of chaos and then really i think change in paper money will become like black market stuff because people are going to still have to have something of value and they'll make it of value in order to do the things that they want to do that they don't want to be traced and tracked and all that anyway <laughs> on top of that cashless society has nothing to do with the mark of the beast or one world government because none of those are in revelation especially in chapter 13 it's just not there um and uh, i even if you're a futurist like please try to find another interpretation um you know allegiance to evil you know allegiance to darkness or allegiance to light to Christ. I mean, there you go. I just gave you one. So it's it's not there, nor should we look for it. Trying to put it there imposes it onto the text, which twists the word of God and then does no justice to, to it. So um, while I am concerned with the things going on in this country and around the world, um, I am not concerned that the end is about to come. Uh, and I know that Jesus is king. And that he is indeed in, in control. And uh, so through good times, through bad times, through pandemics, through coin shortages and all that fun stuff, 
um, there's, there's no reason to freak out and start looking for signs of the times because they're not there um, because they were for the first century believers at the end of the age. We're, we're in the age to come that the Bible speaks of. We are in the age of God's kingdom and we are to grow like a mustard seed. We are to grow and take, uh, you know, just, just, just grow like the leaven, uh, spread the gospel, spread the reconciliation, spread Jesus and the gospel. Know it too. Know your theology, know your doctrines and, uh, make sure, uh, you can articulate it in a way that for those who are thirsty, they can come and thirst no more. All right, there's another episode. If you have any questions, comments, disagreements, feel free to send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, be a mustard seed, be 11. Thanks for listening.